0: Take our Bibles to First Peter chapter number two. First Peter chapter number two. We we're here two weeks ago, and we're back in this passage. So I'm gonna review just a little bit because in all reality, I know my message was 45 minutes, 50 minutes last hour. Two weeks ago's message, and this one could literally be one, and it would have been two hours long. And I know that would have been that would have been all right for me, but some of you not so much. And so Today, as we look at this passage of Scripture, as we look at these thoughts, there will be a few of you that don't like what I say today. And let me just start off by, it will be okay, this is God's Word, and I'm not here to please you in what I say, I'm here to please Him in what I say. And if you can be pleased and He can be pleased at the same time, that's wonderful. But when I have to choose, I'm going to go with what the Bible says, and you can have your opinion if you want. This scripture is pretty clear. There are many people that when it comes to government authorities and our submission, they don't like what the Bible says and they do what they want to. But I'll say this before I dive in. If you don't like what I have to say today, it's coming from the Bible. So if you don't like it, just do like what you do with other parts of the Bible. You only do the things you like anyways, right? So take the rest of it and just forget about it. Just in one ear, right out the other. That's what happens a lot of times anyways. But we're supposed to be doers, not hearers only. And so... We're going to look at this passage today, and I know last service, I'll tell you this. Last service, it was completely quiet almost the whole entire time. I couldn't even get them to laugh with a couple of jokes that I told. It was literally one of those types of messages. And so, where it's going verse by verse, that's the way it goes. And so, we're going to look at what we talked about a couple weeks ago, and then dive into today. Verse number 9 of 1 Peter chapter number 2. It says, but ye are a chosen generation. God has chosen them he's chosen us a royal priesthood and holy a set-apart nation a peculiar people that belong to god and because of that we should show forth the praises of him who hath called us out of darkness into his marvelous light aren't you grateful today that you were called out of darkness into his marvelous light how many of you are grateful for that yeah okay that's good look at the next verse there Which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God. Aren't you glad now that you are the people of God? You weren't before, but you are now. That's a thing to be grateful for. Look at what else it says here. But now have obtained, or it says, and had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Aren't you grateful that you have mercy today? I am grateful for those things. Look at what it says. Dearly beloved, hey, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims. In this world, we are strangers and pilgrims. This world is literally not our home. We're just passing through. We are citizens of heaven. And praise God for that today. But you got to understand something. We're not in heaven yet. We're not there yet. And I know some people have this idea, I'm a citizen of heaven, so you can't tell me anything else. You're not a citizen of heaven yet. You have, this is the thing. Like, if you're going to go to Disneyland and things like that, you have to have your pass or whatever it is, and you have to have to go, you have to do all that. For heaven, the pass is Jesus. He paid the way, and you must have Jesus to get in at the gate. And it truly will be the happiest place on earth. No high prices, no crap. Well, there might be crowds, but in heaven we're going to like each other, so the crowds won't, de- it won't be a big deal there. But while we're here on earth, how are we supposed to live? i'm a citizen of heaven i'm a chosen generation part of the royal priesthood. i'm part of that holy nation i've been called out of darkness into his marvelous light i am the people of god i have all these things so what do i do today in 2022 or for them what do you do back in the early days after jesus went to heaven as we think on that thought we looked at two weeks ago he says that we need to abstain from fleshly lust which war against the soul we looked at the beginning of chapter number two, and it says, Wherefore laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and evil speaking, those are the things we need to abstain, we need to put those away. And as we do that, verse 12 says, look at verse 12. Having your conversation or having your lifestyle honest among the Gentiles. That's the unsaved world. We are supposed to, our lifestyle needs to be honest among them. That whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. The people of God should act differently than people of this world, since you are a citizen of heaven. The Bible tells us today, verse 13 through 17, our responsibility as strangers and pilgrims in this world. And so we're going to see, how am I supposed to live my life being a citizen of heaven in this God-forsaken mess that we live in today? How do I do it? I'm going to show you. You're not going to like it, but I'm going to show you. Verse 13. Anytime a passage starts with this verse, no one likes it. Submit yourselves to whatever laws and decrees you like. Oh, no, that's not what it says. Sorry, I was just quoting what we all say submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the lord's sake whether it be a good godly king you love or oh no whether it be to the king as supreme or as unto governors as unto them that now what is the role of government what's their role supposed to be we see it right here are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well you see that there well look what the Bible says. We are told to submit ourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the King, of Supreme, or as unto the governors. For so is the will of God. Ooh, that with well-doing, ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. As free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as servants of God. And then verse 17 says, honor all men, love the brotherhood, Fear God and honor the king. I believe that Paul, Peter, here in this passage, as he was pinning these words, you've got to remember where they lived. They lived in Rome. Peter did. And the Roman Empire ruled the world, basically. So at this time, Nero really was the king of the land. And Nero was not a good dude, okay? I'm going to talk a little bit more about him in a couple minutes. But as Peter explains to these people that are spread out, and as their persecutions will be coming their way, he reminds them of the fact, you're, you're, this world, we don't belong in this world. We're just visiting it. We're passing through. It's not our home. Our home, our citizenship, it's reserved in heaven. That's there for us. But till we get there, this is what we need to do. This is how we need to live before God, because this is God's will for us, that we do these things. And so... You think about this, Christians in the Roman Empire in that century, they, they were different. The way the Romans lived their lives, a Christian should not live the way the Romans did. In America in 2022, a Christian's life should be different than a non-Christian's life today. The things that we do should be different than what they do because of who lives inside of us that we are part of that chosen generation, the royal priesthood, the holy nation. We've been called out of that darkness. We've been brought into the light. The light's been turned on. We shouldn't be tripping on all the things the world trips on. But I want you to understand something that Peter reminds them to respect their rulers. Honor the king is mentioned there. talk more about this in a few minutes. Today in our country, there's craziness in our political parties. Politics has been dragged into the offices that people hold. It's a true fact. So the Bible tells us to when it comes to the ordinance, we're supposed to, we're supposed to submit to that. So they say, Pastor, I'm supposed to do everything the government tells me to do. You're gonna have to wait till the end of the message to hear all of that this morning and the answer is not yes there is some no to that and we'll show some biblical examples but sometimes i think christians take some of the liberties we have and say i'm not going to do what the government says here when it has no effect on your christianity and that's wrong too like i said it's already quiet in the room and we haven't even got very far this morning how do we live today The message is very simple, just hard to live. I'm going to give you two points. The two points, and I'm just going to, you don't have to put them up on the screen yet. The first one is submit and live right. Do good. And then point number three is how do we do that? And that's what verse 17 is. It's a very simple outline. Hard to live, but I want us to see this this morning. Number one, as we dive in, I don't think I had a word of prayer yet. Let's have a word of prayer, and then we'll dive in. Father, I need your help this morning. Thank you for your word. And I thank you for your faithfulness to us. I thank you for your word and the fact that we can trust it and know that it's right and we need to follow it and do what it says. Help us today. We need you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Number one this morning, how do we live in 2022? We need to submit. We all don't like that word. That word is one of those words. And there's something about the idea of submission that most of us just find unpleasant. It's almost un-American to submit, right? But it is a Christian thing to submit. Humility. You know the difference between submitting and not submitting? Pride and humility. We'll talk more about that at the end of the message today. So if we're going to submit, I did one of those things about the what, the who, the why, the when, to help us know when we do these things. So as we talk about submitting, letter A, we see, what are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to do? We see, first of all, that we are supposed to submit ourselves. Do you see that right there? Do you see verse 13? Everyone, do you see those first two words? Submit yourselves. Is it there? Am I adding to the Bible at all, or is that what it says? That's what it says. This is a command, which means to subject to, be subject to. This was used to instruct soldiers to line up or arrange under a commander. And most of us, you know, though we don't love this word, Peter used it six times in 1 Peter. He used it right there in the verse we just read, chapter 2, verse 18. Servants, be subject to your masters with all fear. Here's another one, chapter 3. verse Oh, we don't want, let's hurry up with this. Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands. Go to the next one. Get rid of that one. Be in subjection to their own Oh, get rid of that one. Angels and authorities and powers be made subject unto him. Let's go to the next one. Chapter 5, verse 5. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. That's how we live a life that way. With humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. But we don't like to be submissive in any area of life. We're supposed to submit ourselves one to another. The Bible tells us. But we don't love that, but Peter mentioned it six times. So we see, as we're supposed to submit, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to submit ourselves, right? Letter A. Letter B. Here we go. Who are we supposed to submit to? Let's read what the Bible says. Look at your Bibles. Look at these words here. Get it from God's Word. To every ordinance of man, for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the King of Supreme, or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. So the what, we are supposed to submit ourselves. The who, look at what it says. Every ordinance of man. Do you know, I looked up the word every. And I know in the room, not a lot of us have a deep, great knowledge of Greek. It's written in Greek here. But did you know the word every literally means Every. Not limited to every. Say, but what about this? No, is that what it says? No, we pick and choose what we want to obey and do. We'll talk in a few minutes about when. And you'll just hang on there, some of you. I know some of you are wanting to say something, but just relax, you'll be okay. Who do we submit to? Every ordinance of man? Now, when we think about that, There's an order to things. Children are supposed to submit to their parents, right? They live in their parents' houses. That's an area. As an employee, you have to submit to your boss and do what they want. So we are supposed to submit to every ordinance of man is what the Bible says. You know, students submit to their teachers. Teachers submit to their principal. You can go down that line. The raiders submit to the chargers, things like that. And I was gonna say that last service and I totally forgot, and I had so many Raider fans here last service. That was for them. I'll have to repeat that when they're all around so they could hear that. That might have got them to laugh once. Listen, who else are we supposed to submit to? To every ordinance of man, to the king as supreme, or to governors is listed here. Now, this is what I hear many Christians say. Well, we're only supposed to submit to the good ones. Let's 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 go down that road for a second, okay? There's never been a good one. There will be one good one. His name's Jesus. And that millennial reign, that's going to be something else to behold and be a part of. There is not a good one. Last week when I had our guest here and for our family conference, he brought up the fact that in America, that when irreconcilable differences became a reason for divorce, it started in California. And Governor Ronald Reagan signed that one. And I would look at Ronald Reagan as a great president, right? And a great leader. I would. But he's not perfect. Not one leader is going to do everything exactly right. But the Bible tells us here that we are, and you say, well, it's only the good ones. Think about who was running the world at this time. Who was the leader? It was Nero. Let me tell you about him for a minute. Are you ready? Are you ready? Let me tell you about how wonderful Nero was. When he was 18 years old, he plotted to kill his mother three different times, and he didn't succeed. He had someone else do it, and she finally was assassinated. Tried four times to kill his own mother. He covered Christians in tar and set them on fire while they were still alive, using them as torches for his garden. He wrapped Christians in animal skins and released his hunting dogs to eat them. He fed Christians to lions. He crucified Christians on crosses. He he lacerated them with knives. This is the king. Say, well, it wasn't talking about... Shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. Peter and Paul both lived in this day, and they both say the same thing. You got to deal with it at some point. That's why people don't like it. We're supposed to submit to laws, to presidents, to governors. That's what it says. Let her see why should we do it for the Lord's sake. I don't know if you noticed that any time the Lord tells us to submit, he throws that in there. Think about how in the husband-wife relationship, we're supposed to submit ourselves one to another, and that's where it begins. But it says the role in the home that the wife is supposed to submit to her own husband. God does that for a reason. There's a purpose behind it. But it says, as unto the Lord. Because you could look, and I know, I know ladies, one of their first thoughts is, why am I going to submit to a man that can't even put his socks where they belong? Right? If he th- doesn't even know where his socks and his laundry goes, why am I going to submit to anything he says? Start putting the laundry where it goes, and maybe I'll start listening. And some of you are laughing right now, but that's kind of true. It's just sometimes that little basket, just so small, the clothes end up in other places, I don't know what it is. But the Bible doesn't say, it says you submit as unto the Lord. Say, why do you submit to government authority? Because it's for the Lord's sake we do. I'm not doing it based on who they are. Because there are a lot of issues, and we'll talk about these issues here in a minute. But the Bible makes it clear, and look what the Bible says here. It says, For so is the will of God, that with well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. And you go back up to verse 13 there, it says that we do these things for the lord's sake there's a you say well why why is that you got to understand something romans 13 verse number one let every soul be subject unto the higher powers for there's no power but of god and the powers that be are ordained of god god ordains leaders and powers and those that are in authority and i hear christians say a lot and i'm I don't wanna, I'm not trying to make anybody mad and I'm sure I'm going to get talking to by a few people after online or something today but I hear Christians say, a lot of Christians the last election was stolen if it was stolen or not I'm not going down that road this morning because there are a lot of Christians we'll never be able to trust an election again just stop so you trust in the working of men and you don't trust in almighty God you say well if 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 it wasn't stolen, we wouldn't have the president we have. No, I I believe that God has who's in office there, and he set him there. Say, well, I don't know if I believe that. Daniel chapter 2, verse 21. He changeth the times and the seasons. This is God it's talking about, not Nebuchadnezzar. He removeth kings and setteth up kings. Oh, but men are so wicked, and men are going to... Men think they're controlling everything. Men aren't controlling nothing. They might think, and the devil thinks he's got everything. He doesn't. He removes kings. He sets up kings. So I am of the belief today, if stolen or not stolen, God wanted President Biden to be our president today. I'm a believer in that. Say, but we would have been so much better off. Was, Was Trump perfect? Man, I've heard so many Christians talk about him like he was Jesus in the flesh. Have you ever looked at the life that that man lived and the pride in that man? Praise God for a lot of the decisions he made in office. Praise God for that. But don't look to a man as you're saying, the last Trump, that's not talking about Trump, okay? The last, I had someone tell me that one time. I think the last Trump was talking about Donald Trump. Shut up, no. That's a literal trumpet, that's what it's not, it's not Trump, don't, don't twist things to make it sound what you want it to be, and I am, I'm grateful for what he did while in office, but there's a lot of pride there, and God removes kings, and he sets them up. I'm a firm believer that no matter what happened, and you could you look at how weird boats came in late at night and how all that happened. There are a lot of questions you could ask about all those things. And I don't trust any government agency on what they do. I trust God and his word, and I'm gonna follow him and his word. And if the Bible tells me that he sets up, he removes kings and he sets up kings, I believe that things are okay today. You see, why is that? The Bible also tells us in Romans 13, verse number four, um, I'm a chaplain for the Chino PD, and uh, I get to ride along with officers and things. I was with an officer a while back, and uh, we were talking, and he's like, like, what's it like being a minister, he asked me. I said, did you know you're a minister of God? And he gave me this look, like, and I took him to this verse. For he is the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. And we see that God uses authorities. That's why we have a justice system. might not be used right today, but that's what it's there for, to punish evil and to praise those who do what's right. So we see that we're supposed to, number one, we're supposed to submit. What? We're supposed to submit ourselves. To who? To every ordinance of man, to kings and governors. Why should we do it? For the Lord. Now letter D. When should we do it? When should we do it? Now I gave some examples last service. I'm going to give you those examples again. And uh, just bear with me, okay? And just hang on. We'll be going. We'll get off this soon. When should we submit? I believe the biblical principle that we see is we submit up to the point at which it becomes sin to do so. We have earthly authorities put over us but may i remind you of something today we have a heavenly authority we have a book that is the ultimate authority so when should we submit till it becomes sin to do so pastor give us some examples i'll give you an old testament and new testament that way you can't say it wasn't both remember how daniel they sought an occasion against daniel and they saw it, and they finally figured out if they make a decree against his God, he's gonna, that's how they could get him. Bible tells us in Daniel chapter 6 and verse number 4 or verse 10, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, so, he, so this law was put into place. So right, he's supposed to submit to the order. He's not supposed to do what God wants him to do. No. He went into his house, and his windows being opened in his chamber towards Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. The law that was given was you cannot pray to anyone but to the king. And what does Daniel do? He knows, and the Bible is clear, and God's judgment, and what God says is, you only pray to me, you don't worship anyone else. It's like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they wouldn't bow before the idol. Yes, it would have been easier to do that and not go through that punishment, but they know what the Bible says, and they're going to stand for what's right. And so Daniel gets thrown in the lion's den because he was willing to stand against the ordinance that the man put in because it was going to lead him to sin. It's a good thing to pray. How many of you agree that praying is good? So when you don't, it's sin. Therefore, to him that knoweth do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. That's what the Bible says. So if you don't pray, you're sinning. I'll leave that one there say okay that's old testament pastor acts chapter number four i've been going through this on sunday nights remember peter and john were in the temple and they're preaching in jesus name he's the one who healed this man and all this stuff and peter and john, but peter and john answered and said to them whether it be right in the sight of god to hearken unto you more than to god judge ye for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard we could also look at chapter number five Chapter number 5, verse 29, Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. So the biblical principle is this, that we should listen and obey our leaders here in this world as long as we're not sinning against God in the process. But a lot of the things you don't want to listen to our government on are not sin issues. And it becomes sin you not submitting like God wants you to. I know it's not popular, but it's true. We go back a couple years ago. Remember the government said that we needed to close our churches down and not meet for a while. And I was very hesitant. I honestly, you could talk to my wife, we had conversations and I was very hesitant. I decided to, but I was very hesitant to do it. I didn't want to give the government, but I was, at that point, I wanted to make sure you were all safe. You care. You mattered to me. And so even though I wasn't sure about it, I did it. And then you see how that carried out, right? Where in other states, they started meeting pretty quick. But in California, you know, churches can open when movie theaters do. Not to forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. We are called by our God to go to church. So the government tells us not to go to church, we go to church. Our governor said, hey, you, can't, you can go to church, but you can't sing. He can go fly a kite. He's not going to tell me how I worship God. This book does. And I will obey God and not obey the governor on that one. Because God reigns supreme on that. And I think that's a just thing to stand for our governor right now is pushing this abortion thing going into other states putting billboards up putting bible verses on there that is wrong it's wicked and it and it's it's blasphemous what our governor is doing and that needs to be called out by the people of god i love the fact that there's action and you know sometimes in our circles and things Guys like John MacArthur get a bad name, but thank God for a man who will just stand up and speak it like it is. He wrote the governor a letter this last week. Where are all the other Christians? Well, we have Christians who will stand up and say, I don't want to wear a mask, and they'll stand up against that. Let me just say something. I'm going to sit by the piano while I do this one, okay? I can't see you. The Bible doesn't say anywhere that you shouldn't wear a mask over your face. You say, "What? Well, I don't believe that, that's a, that a mandate is all, whatever you, whatever you and God decide, you figure that out for yourself. It wasn't a sin to wear a mask, so I wore a mask in places, if they wanted me to. I submitted myself to it. Say, but I, not me, I'm an American. Whatever you want to do. You say you follow the Constitution, you, you figure that out for yourself. I'm just saying, I followed it places. Say, well, you didn't make us wear them at church, because the government's not going to tell us what to do in this place. They're not. They're not. And I'll, I said this last service, I'll say it again. Government tells us to close the church again. It's not closing. Not at all. I don't, I don't care. It is not. It's not happening. I don't care if all of you tell me to close it. I will be here by myself. It's not closing. And as long as I am the pastor, this church will not close again when we're told to. And if I start to close something, remind me of what I just said. Okay. And then you come be with me and we'll go to jail together. and Suffer together and all of that. But do you, but you, you understand that too—that when you do listen to God and not to men, there are consequences. There was a lion's den, there was a fiery furnace, there was a beating, and jail time. And there are things to stand against. And when it leads us to sin, we got to say no. But if it's not in that area, you need to submit. That's God's plan for His people. And like I said, if you wanna go further and say, well, since our leaders don't follow the Constitution, I know most of them, it's amazing, they put their hand and say they're gonna defend and support the Constitution. And it's really a small document, and they don't have a clue what the Constitution says or the Bill of Rights, they don't have a clue. And then they, have, then they sign these 7,000 page bill paper things and then they expect that they, know, they don't know any of that stuff. They put in whatever they want. But the point of what I'm saying here is we're supposed to submit who? Or what? Us, ourselves. To who? To the ordinances, every ordinance of man, to our government leaders, and those that God's placed over us. And then we are supposed to, why do we do it? Because we do it to the Lord. And then when do we not do it? When it goes against God. Because God's always number one. Number two, we're supposed to do good. We're supposed to do good. Submit and do good. That's all we're supposed to do. Submit and do good. Look at verse 15. For so is the will of God, that with well-doing he may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. Paul challenges the believers in Crete in the early church in Titus 3.1. He says, put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work. Do you see, this was, this was a theme throughout the Bible to submit and to do good things. That's God's plan for his people in the wicked, perverse world we live in today. And you think about Daniel. Daniel is a great example of this. This is what the Bible says. Then the presidents and the princes sought to find an occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom. They looked at his taxes. Whoo, there's one. They looked at his taxes. They looked at his dealings with everyone in every way in the kingdom. And they could find nothing that he was at fault with. Nothing. He was faithful in everything. There was no error or fault found in him. There, the only error they found in him or that they thought was an error was that he would do something. He wouldn't do anything that his God wouldn't tell him to do. That's how we are to live today. That's the example we have set. Someone should look at a Christian today, and a Christian should pay their taxes. They should love the country they live in. They should pay their bills. They shouldn't go into great amounts of debt. They should be good citizens. That's what it should be. You say, well, why? Because when we don't, the world calls it out. Isn't it an amazing thing? You look at it. So many pastors, and pastors should never be put up on a pedestal because pastors are men like everybody else. And I said men because so there's a reason for that. But anyways, there's nothing special, more special about me than anybody in this room. I would say God's calling is a special thing, but other than that, it, we I mess up and do things just like you do. And we, we all mess up like this world does. We all have flesh in us. But you look at the, look at the newspapers or look at online when a pastor has a moral failure in his church. It's everywhere. Well, look at that pastor, and these Christians, that's all they do. Do you see them ever talk much when Christians are doing good things? You really don't hear a word. Oh, that pastor's been, no, they wait to find one bad thing, and then they go on that bad thing. Because when Christians are living the life that they're supposed to for the Lord, the world has nothing to complain about. They can't they, they're, not, they're just not going to talk about you because they don't want to show that you're doing what's right. They only bring it up when we do wrong. And you know that's true. And uh, when we think about these things, the Bible says this is God's will for us. So often I have people say, Pastor, I just want to know God's will. What is God's will for my life? Until you do what the Bible tells you is God's will right now, he's probably not going to show you anything else. Until you do what he already tells you is his will. It's like I hear young people and people tell me, Pastor, I want to do God's will. What's God's will for my life? What's God's will for my life? Well, the first thing is God's will. One of them. We see it right here. For this is the will of God that with well doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. God's will is for you to do good. We could go to 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 18 and everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. It is God's will for you to to give thanks in everything for each of us today. You know, there are lots of other verses we could look at. We could look at 1 Thessalonians 4, 3. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication. So, you know, young people are coming, Pastor, what's God's will for my life? Are you ready? You need to stay away from fornication. You need to, in everything, give thanks. And you need to live and do good. That's God's will. Start with God's revealed will before you want the mystery will to be revealed to you. Go with what it says. That's where I would start. And I know we look at these things and uh, we look at them, we're like, well, this is, I just I just don't know about just doing good. This world's an awful place. Do you know that God told his children when they were in Babylon in captivity to do good and to do right? Look what the Bible tells us in Jeremiah 29.7. And seek the peace of the city, whether I have caused you to be carried away captives, and pray unto the Lord for it. For in the peace thereof shall ye have peace. Look at that verse again. Seek the peace of that city. They were going to Babylon. Was Babylon a great city? No, it was not they really didn't want to be there seek the peace of the city we're going to riot seek the peace of the city and pray unto the Lord for it we might be strangers and pilgrims in this world but we can pray for where we live and when they have peace we have peace it's amazing how that works I'm just showing you what the Bible says you can do what you want to with it but that's what it says it's interesting. The Bible says here in our text, "For so is the will of God, that with well-doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men." That word "silence" literally means to muzzle or to gag. God, used, Jesus used this word when he shouted against that storm in Mark chapter number four, verse thirty-nine. He arose and rebuked the wind, and he said unto it, "Peace, be still!" And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. When we serve our community, and we submit to who we're supposed to, It silence the critics. And this is the thing. We are free in Jesus Christ. Look at the very next verse. But don't, not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of, of the Lord. Well, I'm free to live as I want. I don't have to, I don't have to submit in this world. I don't have to do this. I can live as I want to. We are free. But being free, don't use your liberty that God's given you to do bad things. Use that liberty to serve. That's what Jesus did, didn't he? So much more I could say about that. Now, we are told there are two things that we need to do. We need to submit and do good. Now, number three, and lastly, is what submitting and doing good look like. What does it look like? In 2022, How can I submit and do good? Well, verse 17 explains it all to us. Number one, or letter A, and we're almost done here. Almost done. We are to honor all men. Do you see that right there? Honor all men. I look up the word all in Greek. It's amazing. Such a profound, astounding truth about the word all. It literally means all. It's just amazing to me. no one's not included in that honor all men oh I'll honor all the Christian men and women and that word men is men and women it's a general term I'll honor all the Christian ones is that what it says honor all men that's what the Bible says am I stating that wrong am I wrong on that no I think I'm right The word honor means to fix a high value by esteeming or prizing them. The word honor in the Old Testament meant heavy weight. It implies that we assign a greatest possible weight to a person in terms of respecting them and holding them in high regard. To dishonor someone would mean to treat them light or insignificant. To honor is to treat with distinction. To dishonor is to treat someone like dirt. We are called to honor all people. May I help you with that this morning? That includes the pre-born. That's why abortion is wrong. You cannot give weight to a baby, a preborn baby. We're supposed to honor all men. Our world doesn't. But we could let's go to the opposite spectrum. You've got an older person that has dementia and Alzheimer's. And I've seen, I remember a few years ago, I went to go visit a guy from our church, and his family couldn't be with him. His wife couldn't walk, and I would go visit him. And one day I walked into that room, and they literally had him in a cage in the hospital. He was out of that cage before I left. Because all, we're supposed to honor all people. Right? That's Bible. That's why when, and I'm I'm, I'm living proof of this one, we have a lot of people today that their parents get older, instead of helping take care of them like they did for you, like they did for you, you shove them somewhere and forget about them, instead of honoring them and helping them. And it's a shame in our world today. And it's wrong. And that's all I'll say about that. We're supposed to honor all men. We are called to be... You say, what about that person that cut me off? Yeah, even that person. you know." Let me ask you this question. If someone cut you off right out in front of the church, would your reaction be different to them than if they cut you off five miles away from the church? I'm probably guilty on that one. We're supposed to honor all men. The Bible tells us in the book of Leviticus, chapter number 19, verse 32... And thou shalt rise up before the hoary head and honor the face of the old man. And fear thy God, I am the Lord. It matters not who the person is, Christian or non-Christian. We are to honor all men. That's what the Bible says. Letter B. Love the brotherhood. Love the brotherhood. Do you, do you know what? We have, an, we have an obligation from God to honor all men. But we have an even higher obligation to love our brothers and sisters in Christ. This love, this word for love here is the word agape, and we know that word, which means we don't only love when we feel like it, but we do it unconditionally. And since it's unconditional, we do it whether or not we receive love back or, you know, if it's received or returned. The word brotherhood means those born from the same womb. As believers in Christ, we're all brothers and sisters, right? And not only are we supposed to honor all men and women, But we're supposed to love the brotherhood. Galatians 6.10 tells us, As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. That means you're to love your brothers and sisters who might have voted differently than you. That means you are to love your brothers and sisters who might not worship God in the same style you do. That means we are to worship God, or sorry, we are to love the brotherhood no matter what color their skin is or what race they come from. We are to love God's people. And what Jesus say? by this shall all men know the are my disciples, if you have love one toward another. So if we're going to submit and do good, we live this out by honoring all men, loving God's people, because this world doesn't understand loving people when you don't agree with them. We let our preferences divide us, but the church does the same thing. Doctrine can divide. I get that. And there are things you got to stand for if it's, but just because you think it's doctrine, it's one of your preferences, shame on you to divide over that. You can say more on that, but we're running out of time. Let us see. Let's get to the next one. You need to Fear God. Fear God. Do you see how this is kind of increasing each one that is mentioned here? We move from honoring all people and of loving our fellow family members of the faith to fearing God. The word fear is to revere. Psalm 128, verse number 1 tells us, Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways. The Bible also tells us the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, right? Some of us have gotten so familiar with God that we do not fear God. We don't revere him. We talk to God like we're talking to one of our kids or a fellow human being when he's the creator of the universe. Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter number 12, verse 28 and 29, wherefore we receive a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. We need to fear God. And do you notice it's interesting that fearing God comes before the last one, honoring the king? You're not going to honor the king if you don't fear God. Now, let me just remind you, this is said again. You see, king mentioned again. It's incredible to think that when we know who Nero was, this was repeated twice. And I think that that was what it was done on purpose so that people would be like, he didn't mean what he just said. No, he said it twice. Four verses right here we don't have a king here on earth today we have a president we have a governor and let me just put a little if you didn't get mad at me yet this might put you over the edge, who knows remember a while back when President Biden was getting onto a plane and he like tripped going up the stairs and I he tripped and stumbled and it was quite the sight there what I uh, I don't know, I saw Christians anyways, we'll leave it at that, who retweeted, reposted that, mocking it. I do not believe that that is honoring the king. I know he called out a dead senator last week, and I know that his mind is not very clear on a lot of things. But you're not honoring the president by doing those things and we are called to honor the position let me give you this little thought let's go back a couple years ago to when trump was president everyone on the other side laughed at everything he did they mocked him they ridiculed him they hated his guts the unsaved i expect things like that so why is it okay for Christians to do the same thing to the president today? Oh, it's because they did it to You're a citizen of heaven, right? Our conduct should be different. I agree with probably 2% of the decisions that Biden has made. And that might be going a little high. But I did not laugh seeing him trip down the stairs. I didn't post about it. I don't laugh at every time he says something, and he says a lot of things he shouldn't say. I'm just praying that when I get to be older, that someone gets me quiet, and when I start saying things like, you know, I, I there comes a time when a pastor's got to stop speaking too. I start giving the same sermon every week for a few weeks in a row. Just keep a close eye on me, okay? We're supposed to honor him. When's the last time you prayed for him? I don't pray for that man oh there you go not listen. you don't listen to God very much do you so I'm not going to honor him while well, you do it as to the Lord not to him Gavin Newsom yeah I know I don't even agree with one thing he does well maybe he does a pretty good job combing his hair I do agree with that one you know he's, he's got, his hair does stay in place even in the wind I don't know how he does it it's probably a good gel that he uses I don't know but it stays, stays in place But I'm supposed to respect. When he stands up against right and what the Bible says, I need to call it out and I need to be on it. But I need to respect those in authority. I need to respect our police department. We look, our world is trying to cut down authorities everywhere. It's part of what this world's trying to do in the home, in our society. And you look at it, let's, let's be honest. You look at some of the things that some officers have done over the past few years, and there are some bad things that have taken place. But there are bad people in everything. There's always going to be a rotten apple in different places. In the pastorate, in other places, it's the way it is. It doesn't make them all that way. And we should honor them, because that's what God says. So the message today is, We are citizens of heaven, but we're still living here. How do we live here until we get there? We submit and we do good. How do we do that? We love all men. We, as it says here, we love the brotherhood. We fear God and we honor the king. Easy message principles, it's very hard to live. But this is what God has for us. So that when this world looks at us, they have nothing to say. It shuts up the stupid, that's what ignorant means, stupid. It shuts up the stupid people. There's nothing better than I love for stupid people to shut up. This, that's a good way. This, and think, when you live right, they got nothing to say. Let's bring honor and glory to the King of Kings. the citizens we are today and how we live in the world today. We belong to Him. We represent Him. Let's do a good job of that.